Faltegudian Podkrela Koralet Mas. A kind sport led in a sport tool. A goal led Benetti. I remember saying to him, this is some trip, Sean Murray. This is unbelievable. <laughs> he says, it's not a trip, Muggsy, it's, it's a tour. And I was like, no, but you know what I mean? He says, no, I don't. Proud there again, D&G. Hoor there again, D&G. Dalsin Cavana. Yeah, to 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 say LNG anyway, Larry and Galvin anyway. That's the that's the brand name anyway. And we're live. Yeah, we're very welcome. You're all welcome to the second episode of Coralet Moss, a new podcast that's going, and I hope you're enjoying it today. Tonight, I'm delighted to have Graham Garrity, former meat player and overall legend of the game. Graham, you're very welcome to the show. How was the how was the I suppose the lockdown for you and all that? Are you all coming through it okay? Yeah, it's not too bad for me, Tomas. Uh, one thing for me, I was working through the whole thing, so it didn't kind of affect, I suppose, family life for me that much. Um, I know, I suppose, if you look at other people's situations where old people are out of work, it, it, it can be tough, but uh, I was working away, so, you know, that end of it was, was okay, and it kind of helped us get through the, the weeks where there was nothing happening. I saw you um, actually working. It was on the, I'd say it was on the Lake Regale when it was out, Graham. You work with yeah. young lads, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I work with lads that are in residential care, so they're in care of the state, basically. And what, you, you, would you, do you stay in with them? Or how, yeah, how does it yeah. work like? And is it a full, full on day? Like, so are you part of all parts of the day with them? Like, Oh yeah, I, I go in in the morning. Our shift starts at ten o'clock, and you're 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 there till bedtime, and then the, you stay over with them as well until the next shift comes in the next day. So it just kind of gives them that kind of kind of I suppose stability and kind of family life as well, really. But uh, that they wouldn't normally guess. But um, you know, it's I enjoy what I'm doing. I think I, you know, the two young guys I work with, they're they're very outgoing as well, and. and and fun to be around so that helps as well you know it's 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 not all work it's a good bit of crack as well and, and i've had them up in crow park a good few times just to to show them where it all happened i often uh, and it's not a it's not a giving out or, or it's not a, a cut at anybody but i find if there's a bit of a messer in yourself you relate because i'm a teacher myself and I'd always have a soft spot for a bit of a messer. And you, when you can relate to them on a certain level, I think they have a, that little bit of respect. They won't push the boat out with you. Yeah, I think so. And I suppose that when I went into that line of work at the, initially, um, a couple of the guys, uh, friends around me, so that's you Jeff Brown, you're messing yourself. Like, you know where they're coming from. I think it does. You're right, you know. And most of the guys I work with would be that way inclined as well. And I think, you know, it's... The lads kind of in the house feel that vibe off you that it's it's not serious all the time. I think that's how it works, really. You know. I see. What are your thoughts, Graham? With the there's a lot of people giving out, and geez, we're a great freaking country for giving out. Like, what are your thoughts? And we were just discussing it before we came on there. What are your thoughts about the championship and it going through November? And look, I don't care. I, I, I my attitude is, fellas will have problems with. I, I personally think that the intercounty season is too long, and it doesn't matter if you have three yeah. months or twelve months; it's still too long, no matter what. But what are your thoughts of actually seeing club action and intercounty action as long as there's no um, hiccups along the way? I think it's fantastic. You know, I think it's great to see us uh, back up and, and and going again. My son, he's sixteen. He went 
uh, back training this evening. And it's fantastic, like you know, because they've been waiting for the last couple of months to to do something, and and it, it's finally here. Uh, I suppose you know we're going to have a different championship this year where it's knockout and it's going to extend into I suppose the winter months and like. I don't know whether you would have played in the, the old league format, but we would have played, you know, from October up to Christmas um, in the old league format and then three or four games afterwards. And I enjoyed probably that format, you know, because it did give players a break over the winter as well. And, and you know, we resumed then in March. But, uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be an exciting championship. It probably, you know, will suit other teams better you know so it, it, it's it's something that we're looking forward to it's great to see football coming back again yeah I think there was um, I think there was an opportunity a lot of people are giving out about the fact that there is no backdoor for the football and that there is for the hurling yeah. and I think that there was an opportunity lost because there were probably was a chance that you could have a backdoor if you had an open draw of 32 where it could just flow in four or five weekends and that would give you the extra two or three weekends. Do you think, yeah. and you you probably like myself, you can't enjoy the Leinster Championship the way I don't. I haven't enjoyed the Munster Championship no. for the last six or seven years. Like, you think it was an opportunity lost by the GA? Like, I think so. Listen, Leinster has been one of my traffic for the last 10 years. But... Um... I remember the first game I was ever at for me was the Centenary Cup final back in 84. And that was done, I think, on an open draw championship um, basis. And if it was done any other way, you wouldn't have had Mead and Monaghan in the final anyway. I think, like, what better? You said it's a great opportunity to try something different. If you had an open draw, you could have had Kerry and Dublin playing the first round or Kerry and Galway or Kerry and Mayo. You know, it... it, it it would have given probably some of the the so-called you know second-tier teams you know a better chance of of you know getting to the knockouts there or, or for the semi-finals or, or final. You might have seen Kerry or, or Dublin being knocked out earlier. Um, you know, it it's I think it was an opportunity to try something different. But listen, I suppose that there are the critics there that want to see the you know the. Leinster Championship or the Munster Championship, you know, or provincial championship staying. But um for me really there's like the probably the only provincial championship left is probably the Ulster Championship, really, that it is competitive and, and the rest of them you can nearly pick the, the winner before the season even starts. But yeah, it is an opportunity to agree with you there totally. But you know, at Crow Park probably looking at it differently. Yeah, sure. Um, like looking at it from the outside, right? And I guarantee you, there's a pile of good work being done in the likes of Meath, in the likes of Kildare, in the likes of, of even Wicklow. Like a lot of people would, would, I think, population, if you have the numbers, then you kind of have to look at yourself and the way you organize things to make sure that these come through at club level and all that. Our, can you give me a kind of a picture of where you think Meath are at? Is there work coming through and it will take a couple of more years? How do you think the gap started, or how do you know how was it that me kind of fell off the pecking order? Yeah, it's probably hard to put your finger on it, but I'd say like the underage system was probably neglecting the meat for a long time. Like we've had going back probably from 1990 onwards, probably for you know seven or eight years, we'd have great underage teams, and there really didn't have to be any work done with them. Like one of minor 1990. Um, won a minor again in '92. We won another 21 in '93, and we had 
before that, we probably three or four um, Lancer titles on the 21 level. And we haven't got near that at that level since. But um, I think after that, then, it just seemed to dry up and, and we neglected probably our underage structure and system. And, and, and you know, that, that over the last six years, we haven't been really, you know, probably once or twice get to a, a semi-final. But, you know, we haven't been in a final since... 2001 so you know it's a long time and, and for the size of the county of Mead and the population we have we probably should be a bit more competitive than we are and um, I think you know over the last number of years we probably have made you know strides forward a little bit we've got up to the division one even though like if the league, league had to you know finish this year they would have been relegated probably but um, I don't know what way that stands now are they going to just leave it the way it is and, and have the same structure next year but it's I think we're a long way off, you know, where we should be. I, I, I can't see, you know, the players coming through at that minor level or on the 21 level. It, it, it's, the players are just not there at the minute or the infrastructure is probably not there. I know they've been doing a lot of work in the backgrounds over the last number of years, but it's we're just playing catch-up all the time with some of the bigger counties. Do you think it's easier for players, like when they see the likes of Dublin and the dominance they have, do you think it's easier for players to say, fuck this, I'm not putting in the, the commitment or I'm not going to get bothered getting involved in a serious level because it's not actually worth it at this stage? Oh, I think so. Like, if, like I know, like if you look at Kerry and Galway, um, Mayo, the big Donegal, the big teams, you know, they have something to fight for because they're, they're going to be competitive. But it, like if, if you're playing with some of the, you know, the... The lesser known teams are, are, are Division 4, 3 and 4 teams. They're not realistically going to be in any chance of winning the Ireland or even the, you know, uh, the provincial champs. I mean, you have to, you'd have to wonder, you know, and you can really un- understand why a lot of those players will will defect or go on holidays or, or, or take a year out. I know this year probably will be slightly different because they won't be travelling or won't be going to the States. So it, it, it might benefit some of the the weaker counties, but uh, you know, it, it's we've seen it a few years ago with Paddy O'Rourke from Mead, like one of the top goalkeepers in the country, and he just, you know, said, "This is not enough. Like, we're, we're not going to be competitive." And and you know, he he opted to retire. I don't know what age it was 20, 27 or twenty eight. Yeah, I I've always admired. I like I found it very strange. Like people would come up clapping you on the back and say, "Just how do you do it? How do you put in all the effort and the time and?" You were part of a very successful meet, a few very successful meet teams, and it, it was easier for you to actually put in the time and put in the effort because you knew you were going to be there thereabouts, or you knew you were going to be inside in the pack core yeah. park. And Jesus Christ, when you look at some of the weaker teams, and you you, you fucking see the buy-in that they give, like, and knowing full well that they're not going to, it's a freaking tough. Does that man want to talk? <laughs> this man wants to talk. Say hello. Say hello to Mark. Hello. Hello, Tomas. Hello, you probably talk more sense than the two of us put together. <laughs> well, that's nice. But, but um, yeah, but the, the difference was I wanted to be there, you wanted to be there, and, and you know, you'd give your right arm to play for your county, and, and we did all growing up from, from when I was, you know, able to kick the ball, that's all you really wanted to do was to play for me. And it, it's that has changed now. Like the attitude of players is. You know, it, it, it give it or take it, you know, and, you know, even at club level, I was looking after club teams over the last number of years there. And, and you know, 
come up to week the week before probably championship. Oh, I won't be around next week. I'm going to America or I'm going off in the summer. So I think like, the commitment is not there. From I think they have a different mentality. You know, they tell you that you know it's being over often out. You know, traveling and big high profile players. And when younger players see that, you know, the tent you know, follow suit as well. So it's it's difficult for, I suppose, you know, it's okay if I'm with the top teams, they will stick around because there's something to fight for. But if you're managing, say, the likes of Longford, Offaly, or, you know, put Leeds probably into that loud, you know, if if they're not going to be around, you know, in Leinster finals or, or, you know, the knockout stages, you know, they're going to head off in the summer because, you know, they're getting, I suppose, a few quid for, for heading off to America and you can't blame them but uh, you know you probably had the opportunity I had the opportunity to travel as well when I was young and, and didn't take it so uh, you know I would always like to stay around and, and, and play if you're counting there's nothing better running out and you know it's done the weather was it was raining or, or, or sunshine you, know, you always want to be deep there and, and, and head out and represent the county and, and you know it's the same drive I don't think is there with the younger players now the more interested yeah. probably on in or, or, or social media than you know I suppose watching them start lifting weights in the gym <laughs> that's I think we see them all at the minute but it's 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 hard to see where you know it, it's going to go for a lot of the weaker counties yeah it's it's I was just thinking there Jesus Christ we were lucky that Instagram and the social media and the Twitter wasn't around when we were in our pump I'd say it was, yeah, it was a blessing in disguise going. Graham I think I think we yeah. learn as we go along. Come here, can I ask you about when you were growing up, you said you were mad and it was a, a dream of yours to play with meat and all that, but you were obviously talented at other sports, but was it always football for you? Uh, initially, I, well, when I was playing, the, the first grade was, was also, so was the first most competitive game or level you were at. Before that, I was always into athletics and um was like since I was only anything that was going every Sunday we were we were gone. Uh so that was my first love and then uh started playing football then with the local club Manchester and I suppose I took off from there, got in with the under fourteen then with the me team and, and um I was lucky enough I suppose that I had the same bunch of lads that were over the teams from under twelve right up to under twenty one level. They kind of brought that team from that level up to under 21s and won a couple of our Ireland's then along the way and, and I think that was probably a lot of um, you know you could put a lot of me success down to those five or six guys that um, you know were looking after those teams because they had the structure there um, they knew the players inside out obviously you were bringing different lads in and out every year but you know they were left in charge and you know there was no chopping and changing you know, every couple of years. I think that has a lot to do with uh, those county team success as well. You've been manager, if he doesn't do something in his first year, then he's looking to sack him, you know. So, like, it does take time to to, to build a team and, and we've seen that with numerous top teams over the years. Like, Sean Bylan was there for probably four or five years before he even done anything, you know. So, it, I think you need time, but, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting time was had as well as this year anyway. I was um, the me team of of the eighties. Uh, 
the meat battles. That was my earliest memories, really. I remember the tail end of Kerry in 85 and 86, uh, 84, 85, 86. But then mm. 87 to 90, you had the battles between you, the two meat wins, and then you had the two cork wins. Were you a big yeah. supporter at that time? Did you go to the matches? Yeah. Were you following that team? Yeah, yeah, we would have been at all those games. My dad kind of uh, used to see the van from work, used to throw us all into the back. There'd probably be about 20 of us heading up, up the Crow Park every weekend. And it, um, there were great times because, like, we knew going to Crow Park, we were in with the great shout of winning, which was fantastic going. And, you know, going through all those different games those years, it was always so close to meeting up and fantastic games. And to, I suppose to finally break through in 87 after such a long a long wait, you know, it's fantastic. And then to win the following year again, um, you know, I suppose it was the old Sam and the new Sam. So that was the big thing, I suppose, at, at that time. But, like, you have to probably hand it to Cork as well. They were fantastic side. Like, they were in four Ireland finals in a row, and, and I know they won two. But uh, very unlucky to, to not win four because those games against me, the one that went to a replay, they were fantastic. Like, um. I actually played in a minor final against. Uh, we we actually played Kerry in nineteen ninety minor final, and uh, like it was fantastic with having your senior team playing after because there was a huge crowd in, and, and you know, I suppose that was really our first taste of success. But you know, to to grow up kind of watching those players and 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 to see, uh, I suppose the the laudest they were getting and, and the applause, it, you know, it was something to drive you on as well. And so I, like, I would have played down with a lot of those players after that, you know, so it, it was, you know, it was fantastic times for, for me. I was going to ask you, when you came in, and I'll go back in a, in a second, when you came in, you had, you know, you had the likes of O'Rourke and Flynn and Robbie O'Malley, uh, Stafford, Cullum Coyle, all of like Mark O'Connell, they were all still there when you yeah. started off and kicked off. Like, what was it like coming into the dressing room? Were you were quite lad, were you a confident young fellow coming in at that stage? Oh. You were well established at underage, yeah. It was still kind of you know, I went in in 1990, so I was still minor. Um, Sean brought me in as I said earlier, and those couple of months, um. You know, before Christmas, where the old league was played, so uh, I came in. He said they're bringing in probably just to give you a taste. And I spoke to him later about it, and um, he actually brought me in for three months and then let me back down to the to the minors. And but I remember walking in the first first time. I was in kind of keeping myself put me bag down in front of me. I was trying to get my boots out of my bag, and I seen these two feet in front of me, and I thought, oh, "Who's this?" And I looked up, and I was. Liam Harlan, you know, he was probably <laughs> one of the hardest men in the game at that stage. He goes, That's my thief. I just, I just pick up. <laughs> I said, All right, picked up my bag and just moved over there where there was nobody near me. So it's, but uh, yeah, it was interesting times. I probably would have had it. I came back in then, then the following September, then again. Um, and it, it was after the 91 loss then to Down. So uh down beat them by two points there in the final. So I came in, in October, so you know it was probably three or four weeks after the, the final. And you know, it was quite difficult trying to, you know, break into the team because I, I 
there probably for three years before I played my first camp in Mac. But uh, you know, you were taking your life into your hands going training that time because everybody, some of them were coming to the end of their career, they were fighting hanging off their place and these younger lads coming in then trying to make a name for themselves. So it was, you know, it was it was tough like it was, you know, it was in a hair flying nearly every night. I was just going to say that there were no meat or were not owned for being hatch. Like said, John McDermott was still there. Kyle, did you ever have any run-ins with Kyle on the on the pitch? Because he was, I thought he was secret. Oh, I did. <laughs> and it wasn't in bar talking. It was back home on our own pitch because we were club mates. So <laughs> he, he he used to come back. He used. To, I remember one guy. He lived in the. He lives. He's most common, but he lives in in Athboy here beside me now. And he said, "Please remember." Going training one night, he says, and uh, he says, you, Clyde was after coming back from Mead, and uh, it was probably, you know, around, it was obviously championship time, anyway. He says, and you were playing with the minors under 21s, he says, and the, you were trying to get the better of him, and he was trying to get the better of you. And then he says, all, all hell broke loose. He says, and there's a big brawl in the middle of the field, which was, that was, that was, was probably trying to one, one to get up or one up and the other, but, uh, yeah, it was like football was different that time. You were able to, you know, again, a, a skirmish with a fella and, and, and get away with it. If you look at a fella crooked now, you have a black car or something. But uh, yeah, there were good times, good tough football. And, and I know you had, had Kieran in, in um, last week and um, before every championship match, I think Roger might have told you this over the years, before every championship match, we used to play Armagh in a challenge. And it was either you know, in Parrot Hudson or, or up in Armagh somewhere. And it always, the whistle was blowing at the start of the game, I think that was it, because there was World War Three. It used to be rows everywhere. I think any time Fella touched the ball, he was milled out. And I think you know, that, was, that was to prepare us for the championship. I remember Ochoa, he was telling the story one time, he said he got the ball in the first minute, he said, and he got a wrap off someone and whatever else. And he, he was kind of running, trying to get away from it then after that. But that's, you know, it was, it was, <laughs> I suppose the hard enough for 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 championship football and and the digs you were going to get, but uh, obviously things have changed an awful lot since then. Anyway, I was talking to uh, I was ringing um and you're good buddies with him, and he's a good laugh burner Flynn. I was telling him, geez, we were talking about something else, and I was telling him, geez, I, I I'm going on with Graham there the next night, and he says, uh, Jesus, I says, uh, he says I was inside in a nightclub years ago, he says. And Graham came up to me as a young fella, as a 16-year-old. And he says, I was the man at the time. And he says, this fella come up. He says, I'll be better than you, boy. You won't lace my fucking boots in a few years. You're dead right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Uh, I think, well, there was a couple of there was a couple of different stories. That I was actually, we were talking about it there last week. I, I was I was out with him. And, um, he reckons you're the, quite the, the connoisseur of the red wine. Yeah, well, he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> I think once you drink a bottle or two, everybody's a connoisseur, so it all tastes the same. But uh, yeah, I think um, what happened that night, uh, we were actually playing minor, and he was um, he was after playing, and it was that's a semi final. I think the play bleach, and he got sent off. Uh, I think it was Dempsey was the name. He gave him a the box in the corner and we arrived up to 
up to the nightclub that night. So we were we were after win and we were delighted with ourselves and and all the meal players were over in the corner. So I kind of I didn't know Bernard that well, but he was one of our idols growing up, like you know, and he was a fantastic player. And I went over to him and you know tried to make a bit of uh, I suppose loose talk with him, and then I said to him, "This what? Well, how are you have to say? Have you any black eyes or what?" And then he got kind of he got thick, and a few of them then kind of shunned me a bit then after that, but. Uh, and I went into the meat team then shortly after that, so it wasn't it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy going in there when three or four of them probably wouldn't talk to you. But um, I was I was talking to uh, Madden, uh, Bernard's wife there on the same night, and she was telling the story and she had a different version of it as well. So I think we, if we put them all together, we might get the, the right story out of it. But, uh, I was um, I was I was looking at. Um, old footage and yourself and mine in. I remember in 93 you won the under 21 and yeah. yourself and mine in were probably the two best young players in the country at the time. I remember it well. And I obviously Paddy was in charge of the Kerry under 21s at the time and Dara I think Dara was very young. He was still a minor but he was in with the under 21 so that was yeah, the first time we were actually carried. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he was only he was under 21 for four years but he, I remember that day, and Jesus, you bossed it from half back. Were you always a half back, Graham, when you were coming up yeah. to the ranks at underage? Yeah, I would have. Um, at club level, I played. At, at, um, I suppose county level, I always played wing back or centre back. Uh, yeah, so most of the time I played, there was Sean Bynan then kind of pushed me up up front then after after the ninety. Um, or 1960 put me up I don't know know you know, the, the, um, the previous one, yeah, she was fair yeah, going. Yeah. Like, can I ask you about Boylan? She's Boylan, like, and I've met him, and I've, he's a gentleman, like, and I, I was always, every time I've met him, and I, I, I had to come to the conclusion, like, and it's the same with Mickey Hart, I had to come to the conclusion, Jesus Christ, he is an actual gentleman. How in the name of Christ does he put the teens <laughs> out and that they nearly kill all around him, like? And this man then, yeah. like, he, he, you had great time for him, Graham. What was it about Sean Boylan like? He just kind of had that aura around him. You know, he's one of these guys that, you know, if if he come over to you and he says, listen, Tomas, I want you to go over and see that fellow there. I need you to, you know, shoot him and, you know, abuse him. All right, <laughs> <Tom>. okay. <laughs> you know? And then you're walking away and saying, did he really mean that or whatever? Like, you know, he just had the knack. That's probably not the best uh, analogy, whatever. But he just had a knack of getting his point across and, and getting players to do stuff that they normally wouldn't do or, or play above themselves. But he was like, he was like, he reinvented lads as well. So it was like, I was playing lobby football wing back and he took me up wing forward, then in full forward. Colin Coy was the same. You know, he was all over the place. So he played cornerback, yeah. half back. You know, corner forward played nearly. Martin O'Connell played in every position for me, including goal. 
Donald Curtis played cornerback, played corner forward, Brendan Riley. So you know, he yeah. he had the knack kind of, a, of of looking at players and, and and you know getting the best out of them. And, and you know he was probably for his time like he was probably a genius, really. You know, and and you know different than Mick O'Dwyer probably in, in, in Kerry. Like you know, he, he just was able to get lads to do that little bit extra and and, and get the best out of them. You know, so if someone just playing the session that we were at and you'd be doing ridiculous stuff and just we were looking like, what are we doing here? But like obviously it, you know, it, it paid <laughs> off in the long run for some of us, you know. It was uh, like we I remember What would be strange? You We were going we were going training one night and uh next minute we took out a tennis ball and we started playing football with a tennis ball, like and but and it was like we were why are we doing this then? But not there and then, but like obviously after, but it was all kind of like hand eye coordination and that kind of stuff. For years back in '86, that time we used to play a lot of basketball in training down in in um, in Gormanston College. Uh, before that, then he had, I suppose the old me team '87, '88 when they were when they were getting on, they trained a lot in the pool with um, buoyancy jackets on them. So, you know, if you didn't, if you weren't running the pool, you were. You were thinking that you know, so it, it was all kind of he, he was doing stuff kind of ahead of his time really as well and and you know it's I remember one time I think it was Ed McManus had skin spins and uh, it could have been ninety nine and I was the captain he called me over oh end is not great like I'm, I'm I'm going to send him off to Spain for the week he says. <laughs> I, don't know. I, think I think I think my calf is at me. I might go mind them. But listen, end of us probably the safest better to send because he didn't drink anyway, so he wouldn't be up to any harm. But yeah, I think it was the warm weather and something to do with the, the salt water and everything. Listen, end end to finish the season, he was fine and, and and you know, it was just things like that. We played rugby and training a lot of times. Um just probably to get that physical aspect of it as well. And then obviously, like, we were up in the head of tower for, I don't know, many seasons, like, so, you know, that that made a mania. <laughs> I was, um, I, I remember one one year I, I got a bit of a, I don't know what it was, it was a mental thing. I, I just felt dead myself and dead myself. And um, somebody, I just came into my head one day, I gave a boy in a ring, he was a herbalist, and I gave him a call. And... Um, he sent me down some stuff anyway, and it was whatever, like, and I was, did he have, did you ever, I, I actually found it good, I don't know what it was, it was uh, some sort of a stuff, it wasn't, it didn't taste too nice. I often wondered, like, oh. would he give, would he give you stuff for stuff after a match, like, in terms of a hangover or anything? Oh, yeah, he... yeah. Um, we used to, <laughs> I suppose, after every training session, we used to kind of grab a little bottle like that, and it would be, I suppose, make herbs and, we wouldn't know what, dandelions or nettles or anything, you wouldn't know what was in it. But uh, we used to just put a bit of black corn in. It was just to give you a bit of boost or like give you a bit of energy. It's probably like the energy drinks you get now. Like you know, it, it, it's um, a lot of lads didn't like it. If we were injured, you know, it was different stuff for you. You know, it was all kind of terrible stuff anyway. As far as I know, anyway, you know. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's like he was fantastic at that. No matter what how much you. He was able to tell yeah. you. You know, I remember going. I, 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 I broke my leg when I was nine, and one leg started than the other, but slightly. And it, it would always kind of throw your back off so much. And it was up by the many, many 
just took off. He packs whatever to stand there, he says. And, oh, yes. I know exactly what's wrong with you. He didn't even touch me. Like, he just, you know, he just knew by looking at people, you know. But he just, he's that knack, you know. And, and, and I suppose the, the, the players that he surrounded himself with then as well would kind of, would, would die from, you know, and that was kind of the secret probably behind a lot of the meat success that they would actually give give everything. It was for him, really. It wasn't at the end, like, you know, you, you go to hell and back from, it wasn't for me or whatever. It was, listen, let's do this for Sean, lads, or whatever. And he was, I don't know, it was, I don't know what year it was, he was, he was stepping away and a few of us went to him then just asked him to, more or less beg him to stay on, like, because, you know, when he left, then it left a huge void. After that, like, you know, probably had a different. We probably four or five managers in the space of, you know, seven or eight years, which which is not good. Like, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I was. I remember in '96. I was a minor in '96, Graham, and he obviously won the All Ireland, and that was the infamous the row and the. And I don't know if you remember, and people, I suppose, don't actually remember. But back in those days, on the Monday after the All Ireland, there was a meal. There was a banquet inside mm. in 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 Jew or in the Burlington. And I remember we were the minor team. We lost to Leash in '96, and we went in there for the meal afterwards. And I remember you were after drawn, so there wasn't a lot of you weren't fearing, or there was no kind of. I think it finished yeah. soon after that. Um, but the, 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 did you have any input the following day into that that infamous? Scrap that, that actually broke out was I remember I saw Boylan um describing it in your thing. I thought it was absolutely hilarious where Keypack had over at a World Food Fair and that they were describing this is what you do, this is what you get if you eat. Yeah. If you eat Keypack beef, this is what it does. Yeah. Keypack beef. <laughs> I see that, yeah. Um but it was like it was surreal, like, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I think you know. I suppose there was a, there was a couple of the, those players from both sides didn't speak for years after that. Um, Colin Kyle and Liam <laughs> Liam McHale probably were, you know, two of the main main guys on the day when both of them got sent off. But uh, we were at um, one of the GPA. It was only there a couple of years ago, um, and it could have been twenty year twenty years after after the game. I think that was the first time then they had spoke and kind of we more or less kind of made them talk to each other was uh silly <laughs> stuff like you know and you know, no, no. like when you think back, I know it probably looked a lot worse than it was really, you know, there was a lot of lads swinging and throwing legs and everything, but I think there were probably only like the three or four punches that probably landed properly on on anybody, you know, so it, it was lads getting half a scalp and lying down then for two or three minutes, but uh, yeah, it was unfortunate probably, and you know, Mayo would have seen himself probably coming out of the, the worst of it with Lee McHale being sent off, you know, man, the match in the, in the, in the, the drawn game, and you know, to yeah. lose the talisman like him early on would have probably been harder for them, you know. Well, that was the, and it kind of took away. That was your first All Ireland, and the first All Ireland is huge, and it's it, it's it's massive, and it shouldn't have taken away from it. But that first All Ireland, now then, did you get a kind of a belief? Do you know what? We could fucking keep doing this. We're good enough to keep going. Like. We did, yeah, yeah, and like 
we were still relatively young. We we're all kind of in our early to mid twenties, like and and you know we had a fantastic side, and you know going out the next year, then you know it just the whole thing just seemed to fall apart. Like we we uh, we got back to a, a Leinster final and and awfully awfully beat as well in the final. Ryan Malone kind of ran ran right at that day, but you know not taken away from from Offaly's win, like we we were probably missing, you know, I think the five or six of our best players that day through injury or suspension. So it was, you know, we had a whole new full back line, new centre back. I think um we five of our backs were gone and a wing forward. So it was it was it was hard to you know fill that void in one game. You know, if we're missing two, three, maybe we might have been competitive, but you know, we're not taken away from from Offaly. They were fantastic on the day and. and you know, deserve to win it on the day. But uh, it's, yeah, I thought now that we were around for a few years that we would have, you know, probably done a little bit more out of that team than we did. But, like, you know, more than anybody, like, every every game is different, every year is different, and it's very hard to, you know, keep the momentum going and, and, and keep keep things fresh. But uh, it just didn't happen then for, for a year or two, you know. Yeah, it was the the like there was no backdoor back then as well, and it was straight knockout. No. It was like yeah. that time, Graham. Yeah, and you've always said it. You always loved the big occasion. There was nothing bigger. Like everybody yeah. thought, Jesus going up to play the Dubs in Dublin is daunting and everything. Jesus Christ, we love going up there. We actually love yeah. going there. You must have been the same. Like it was like sure, it was only yeah. a short journey down for you. you Travelled the same day and everything. Did you? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, and. I suppose that was probably better for us as well because, you know, at the time we used to have our breakfast in the county club, the crowd was starting to gather outside. They, they, from early on, you got that big kind of championship vibe and, and you know, going in, you, you know, we used to get a police escort in because the crowd was coming back out nearly as far as on top at that time. And, and it, you know, it was fantastic. That was just a whole kind of a big build-up for you know, the games and, you know, there was nothing better than playing Dublin and, and um, I remember the first, the first time I would have played against them, I, I marked Niall Guyton and, you know, the team meeting before, or the night before, this is Tom Rocker, this is your job, you mark him, you don't do that now, just make sure that he doesn't do it because he was probably one of their, the star forwards at the time and, and, and had a lot of pace and I was lucky enough I had that as well. So, uh, I ended up getting man of the match that year and, and I think I, I scored one two from way back. And I remember that the last thing Pat Reynolds said to me was good we had his father. Um yeah. He he was a select at the time and he said, Yes, yeah, so he really, yeah, so if you go give the ball to somebody else, don't shoot, he says <laughs> I I I got man of the match and I was scored one two and I was I was nearly like Kieran Donnie as how are you I'd like that fact, you know, but it was, I, suppose, I suppose that was the the start of probably you know a lot of good things I suppose for me going forward and 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 it kind of gave me that belief that you were able to you know get on the end of things and like you like you played a sort of wing back in the early life and it, it's there's probably no better place to play because you know and you can sneak up the field you're not being watched all the time. Uh, you know, you're giving that little bit of extra space, so it, you know, it does. I used to love playing there because there was no one pulling and dragging it, but 
you had that bit of a freedom there and, and, and I enjoyed that for a couple of years. I was, um, I had it and I used to have awful deep chats. There was a time there where, yeah, fuck it, uh, we call it the red mist would come down, right? And you just lash out and you'd react mm. or you'd fucking do something and afterwards you say, Jesus Christ. I'd often say like, do you know, when I think back about it, like and some people say, why didn't you stop? Like, I couldn't stop in the middle of it. It's hard to, hard to actually kind of pull yourself yeah. back and stop. But I do think that if I didn't have that part of my game, that I wouldn't have been the player that I was either. Would you agree with that? Like, you had to have that kind of oh, edge about you as well. Uh, yeah. And I remember a um, guy called Brian Smith. That time, even though he was like kind of the college student, kind of to us with a He's going through your mind, he says, when you do this or when you or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone just goes blank, like you just, you know, you have you feel, you feel the whole world's against you nearly or whatever. And it, it, as you said, it's hard to, it's hard to pull back. But like that as well, like Sean would often get on to me as well, and he says, "Listen, we don't want to take that out of you because that's what makes you as a player and gives you whatever bit of player you have and and uh, you know draws draws." draws players to you, you know, so it leaves, you know, some of the other players free. But uh, I think when I got older then, coming to the end of my career, kind of this popped on a little bit, but uh, it was too late then at that stage. But, you know, <laughs> like, like looking back, like, and we'd analyse games no more than anybody else, I suppose, the next week, and you'd be, you'd be sitting back and you'd be, you'd know something was coming, you'd be sitting down in the chair and you'd be at the head up and it's oh, I know what's coming now and then you'd, you'd just, you'd just see a fella turn around and he'd just look at, he didn't have to say anything, just to look was enough, like, you know, or, or the ball could be brought up, you know, 10 yards, but and 10 yards is 20 yards, so, and then it was into a kickable position and then the score, you know, the free comes off and then you just, you know, this is why the thing is actually, you know, you said at the time, it's difficult to, you know, to pull out of these things. It's it's, it's like a sliding tackle when you're halfway through it, you can't you can't pull out. You know. I was going to was the was ninety nine Graham the highlight of the whole act being captain and everything. I think so. Well, yeah, it'd have to be yeah, and uh, I think I suppose we really came under the radar that year. There was no nothing really expected of us. There was no drama all year. I kind of had made kind of a a promise myself to kind of nearly just to try and behave myself on the pitch and, and, and not get into any trouble. Um I think for the most part of the year I only picked up one yellow card all year, which was which was great for me, like, you know. And, <laughs> you know <laughs> played played uh Played well, kind of throughout the year, and I was, I was happy with it. And this was the big thing then for me, kind of, you know, there was a couple of things I would have practiced all year, and and, and they came off, you know, in the final. Because I suppose, you know, kicking would be left foot. Him and Brian, who was the sector, and then went on to be manager after that. He was always on to me, like I thought he begged me all year, stick with the left foot. So I practice this and practice that, and they end up then getting two points in the final with it. And you know, it was, and he came up to me after the game, and he says. No, <laughs> wasn't it worth it? But you know, it, it was it was a great year. 
it was a great year for me, I suppose, and my family and, and my club. And, you know, I, I remember that year, um, and it's probably, it had pros and cons, I suppose, as well, where, you know, you'd be delighted enough to accept the cup up in the stand and for everybody else. But that didn't happen that year. Uh, yeah. The, the club up in the middle of the pitch but afterwards then I brought it right around Crow Park and I got to meet I suppose people that I wouldn't have never met that were involved in my career uh, with Sanchez from when I was under 12 and, and you know to share that with them it was fantastic and go back then to you know my own village of Kentstown and there was there probably was about 10,000 people there kind of you know waiting it was fantastic you know and, and those are things that you'll always have and, and, and we'll always remember I suppose you know I had my daughter in the cup she was only one at the time and when I see her now and you'd say Jesus that's is it that long since we won you know she's 22 now in September so it's it, it's it's hard to believe you know it, it's it's that long since we've we've been there you know or, or you know won one I know we we were beaten in the players won by Cork as well, but said it, it, uh, that was probably one of the biggest disappointments, you know. So it's uh, yeah, you know, not Cork, Kerry Galway, Galway. Um, Wait, Jesus Christ, Kerry, you know, did you know a favors that day? No, uh, the semi final because no, that was that was yeah. one of the worst days ever. For it was a strange day, I, I was suspended. Oh, yeah. We beat the Dublin down Turles. And I think Kerry only scored five points the same day against... Yeah, five points, yeah. And I remember even going through that game, and it was so weird, like, and, you know, there was no, like, Kerry never going at all. There was no bite from them. And we were going on, and I was, I was, I don't know, I think Cormac Murphy was beside me. I said, like, this is happening, is it? Like, what's what's going on? Like, and, you know, it was, it was strange. And even after the game, like I said, like, you know, it's, I think there was 15 points in it to finish and it was just so surreal like and then like going into the final it, you know, it didn't do us any favours really like you know mm. I know ourselves you wouldn't say and listen the good always say we need to just you know do our best here and, and, and do our homework and make sure we're not but we were like we never turned up on the day I know we Ali Murphy went off into broke a finger and Nigel Nest I think got sent off but it, it that had no real bearing on the thing and on the on the outcome like Farrick Dice, you know, the master class in the second half. I think he scored nine points in the second half and really bet us on his own. But uh you know, that was it was a funny game because we weren't playing well and we're only I think two points down at half time. I remember going in and saying, Listen, that this you know we're not playing at all, we're still in the game, so it's not gone. So, you know, just let's you know, work ourselves up here and get out and, and and start playing a bit, but it just went, went downhill really. And, and once they got a run on us, it probably it's something similar to the Kerry game when we got on top of Kerry. It just it, it, it just didn't happen. It didn't fire for them. We were the same. But just no matter what we done, it just just went wrong. Yeah. Everything went wrong. But uh, it was a fantastic performance from from uh, you know Galway to keep to keep us out of the game. I think there was like there was a lot of teams around that time, Graham, that could pick in, that could actually win All Ireland. Like you know, there were the teams yeah. in the north. There was Meath. There was there was Galway. There was Kerry. Uh, Dublin hadn't arrived that time. Can I ask you? It's totally flipping it. And 
uh, we've had a night out or two nights out and we've had a laugh and all that. The social side of it, like you, you, you actually, I, um, you toured and I'd say it was a, an experience for you in itself. You toured Dubai with the All Stars when Paddy, I'd say Paddy mm. was in charge of a team yeah. there. But yeah. the, the social yeah. side of that was actually, I remember uh, was it Darren who was telling me that the lads were had a connecting flight and Hassett, Liam Hassett was there as well, and they got on the flight and Paddy, Paddy just said to Darren when he got onto the flight, he says, Jesus Christ, he says Hassett is coming there. He says whatever else you do, pretend you're asleep because if he catches eye contact with you, we're all dead. Like he was in that form, you know. But, <laughs> Those tours and yeah. those trips were a great crack. Ah, uh, they were unbelievable. And and um, that one in in Dubai, Kerry were after party, and there was the Gooch was with them. Um, Ara, uh, who uh, it was it was probably seven or eight on it. They were after you were after obviously going to Ireland, so you were on the team holiday out in Thailand. Oh yeah, and yeah. they came over to Dubai and uh, I remember um, Amanda still talks about it to this day like we were probably about 10 o'clock in the morning we were sitting out by the pool and Audie sitting there with a few the, the Kerry Lesnar they're drinking bottles of Heineken and Amanda says Jesus they're drinking very early aren't they he says I tell you one thing my girl he says they'll drink from now and they'll drink till Christmas and then that'll be it he says they won't <laughs> <laughs> but, and he was probably right and I think he was after he says, How'd you go on in Thailand? And he says, uh, I'll be the great trip, he says, and they have a suitcase up there full of watches. He says, one for all the boys in the pub. He says he was after buying watches in Thailand for them. But uh, yeah, he I don't have to tell you you know what a character he was and, and you know, great to be around yeah. and listen to the stories kind of of of, of, of his era, you know. It was they were great trips though, even you know, a lot of the R stars where I played in America as well and, and, and you know, would have played with John Cavan in America, which and you really only get to kinda of know lads that way and like you know, phenomenal player and, and uh we won a North American title out there as well and, and but uh you know, it's 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 when you go away and you meet these great guys. Like, you know, we were in New yeah. York here a few years ago and, and you know, like I mean, that that would know uh, those fifty players brought out um, a mixture of of, of uh, hurlers and and footballers and played a game. And you know, the the fun thing about it that day was Martin Comerford was probably the best footballer we we had. He was playing. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't help that they brought us out on Thursday and the game was Sunday. And then this and that, you like, can have a drink, but don't go overboard. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of history, anyway. But, uh, yeah, we were seriously contemplating bringing Martin Comerford into mid play midfield after that. Didn't work. But it, it, no, it was it was actually one of the best trips ever. It was hilarious, and uh, poor old poor old Brian Mullins was in charge of one team, and I'd say he was aghast at what was yeah, yeah. going on around him. Um, but that stuff, like Graham, like you still you're me team. Like you still go away on on trips and you go to watch rugby matches and all that. Like that bond and that kind of it's great, yeah. like because it's, yeah. in the GAA, like you stick with lads and you go off golfing with lads or whatever. Like and it's the bonds that form from from kind of trips like that and occasions like that. Ah, and yeah, and I, yeah, I suppose that's the eighty-seven, eighty-eight team are probably better for than that. Like I, but uh, yeah, we do meet up now and again, and I think it's it, it's like you know you've. 
you fall hard with them lads and, and you know you you die for them on the field and you know it's it's nice to keep in contact afterwards. I know you don't see them as probably as often as you you've done, but uh you know, when we do meet up you you reminiscing about different things that happened over the years. But uh you know, looking back and it's you know, there were great times, you know, and hopefully yeah. you know, we'll we'll have to, some more in the future as well. Yeah, before I leave you off there, I'd have to ask, like, because I remember at the time, the soccer, Graham, and I know he went over yeah. to Arsenal, and I'll ask you about that in a second, but were you playing at a, at a club level? How did they spot you? Were you playing with a club in Meath at the time, or, or what was the story? No, I, 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 I was playing very little soccer at the time, because Meath were going well. Um, we had to come from another 21 campaign in, in 93, so it, I wasn't really playing much. I played, I played with Kenster and Overs, it's a small, small village where I was from. Um, we had a decent enough side, but it's it all came about from uh, that game where I was telling about Dublin. Um, I scored one, two from wing back, and, and Alex Ferguson was at the game, and it was him he was interviewed after the game. He, it was him that commented that he liked the way that how you kind of mix defense with attack, and that's you know, was very fit and you know, I suppose he was just saying kind of you know, stuff that people wanted to hear, I suppose anyway. But uh a couple of weeks after that then I got uh a phone call from uh from Arsenal uh, in Dublin and last night to see me and I had a chat with him and then you know, I wouldn't say I decided to go over, obviously I was going to I was going to take the chance and, and, and go and I was delighted uh, going over, but uh, I suppose it was a huge thing for me because I wouldn't have had the soccer background, you know, everybody else had probably gone over to England and that was kind of playing on me as well, because, you know, I probably shouldn't be here when there's other young guys that are far better players than I'm, but, you know, when I was there, I, I thought I'd done quite well. I played in two games and, and obviously trained then, you know, every, every, every day as well, but, uh, it it was I was there a couple of weeks at that stage and I asked and I think it was um George Armstrong, he was he was a Scottish international, he was over the second team at the time. And I asked him kinda of where was he and what was the crack because it was <laughs> you know it's silly now. It was one one of my club mates was getting married, I think a couple a few days after that <laughs> and I, I, was, I was getting home for the way. So he literally says you're good in the air, you're very fit. He says your first touch is probably letting you down. So um that was it. He came home then a couple of days after that. I think at the time they were looking to replace Lee Dixon at, at right pole and he faced for about seven or eight years after that then. You know, but yeah. I really enjoyed it. I played with some great players over there. Um were you training with the first team, teams. Graham? Were you mixing with the boys? No. Some of them I was I was um I was with the reserves. Now some of them were coming in and out. Uh, Ray Parler, he was. I, I played with him. Mark Keown, um, Paul Davis. He would have been coming to the end of his career. He was a, a right full. He was. He was there. Um, the one, the, the only guy that kind of that was coming up from, who was, you know, coming out of the academy or. He was probably maybe 18 at that time, um, was Paul Dickoff. 
Uh, he was playing the reserves, and he went on then to play with Arsenal and and and, and Man City then after that. So uh, he's probably really the only guy that can out of that um those letters. <laughs> but uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Back here and played a bit with Bowles, played a bit of fraud, not a whole lot after that. You know, once you know makes it the big time. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, we are was there any Irish over there at the time? Uh, not really. Uh, who was there? Eddie McGoldrick was there at the time. Yeah, he was the only. You think he was the only Irish guy that was there? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. Now that it's popped up in it? my head, the, the soccer and the Aussie rules. Like, and you had a you had a fierce career at the Aussie rules. Like, I the one thing I loved about you was when you were running, you were actually full speed, but you seemed like you were gliding, right? But the other side of the Aussie rules, anyway, and it's awful to say, like, but people used to go to the Aussie rules because they'd love to see a freaking scrap, right? But how, yeah. and I know, that Jesus Christ, what they did to you above and Crow Park and pull you to the ground, like, but in the parade before the game, right? And we all, I've yeah. been there, like, and I've been to the Aussie rules, and these fellas are freaking huge, like, when they were roaring across at you that they were going to kill you, what was going through your head? Oh, I was, I was away for the rest of my blows so I could keep running around the pitch but it was funny like um, there was an incident down in Galway that's what kind of led to the, the whole situation all week like you know if 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 you were going to get someone you'd kind of keep it quiet like they were coming out in the paper saying they were going to kill me or whatever and when we were coming out on the pitch there was two guys standing on the line waiting for me and Paul Gavel was in front of me and he one behind me, and I said, Right, Brandon. So he was kind of minding me, like, he just burst out through the two boys and get the fuck out of the way. He said, And just I ran out behind him, and that, that was it. But I didn't last too long after. I like, I knew they were going to park me, or whatever, but um, but the way it happened, you know, it, oh, it was it a sly Jesus Christ, but, the way yeah, they pulled you to the ground, like. It was probably a freak thing as well because you know I ended up banging my head off the ground and, and I, you know, you know, wrap you, wrap your hands around you. I couldn't get my arms out, so I was I had no protection, so I just came straight down on the ground and 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 that was it. You know, the scary thing about it was when I woke up in the ambulance afterwards and um, Monkey Regan was looking in at me. That was yeah. That was the worst thing. <laughs> Anybody that was Reagan was a masseuse for me for 20 years and he was involved with the Irish rugby team and soccer team and great character though. But he just looked at him and he said, You all right? I said, yeah. I said, yeah, that was that was it. <laughs> but, uh, oh my god. Yeah. That's brilliant. No. Um but they were they, they were fantastic. Um and, and games and so I know they got a bit uh rough by times but as you said that's what people wanted to see that's why they were there uh, and you know I, I think it was this 90 or 2006 was it that was really kind of went over the board I think Sean was over the team actually that time but it got really really aggressive that time and, and you know I think that's when they put it off for a year or two but uh, you know I think you know since it changed the rules a small bit and and those kind of tackles out of the game. It doesn't probably have the same appeal to for people to watch it now, and you know, and and you know, they're fantastic athletes, and you know, there's yeah, the huge bigs. They just 
pack with muscle, you know, and it, 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 it I think, you know, them was, they were playing amateurs that they pulled up and they didn't like it for a lot of it, you know. But, uh, yeah, no, really, really enjoyed playing. And obviously, when you played in Australia, it was, it was a lot better because you got to go away for three week holiday as well. So it was nice. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, your, geez, you had some career in terms of when you had, and you you went under Colin Coyle and you were under Banty afterwards and you were a selector with Banty. And the service you've given to, to meet is phenomenal. But, and, I, and I know that you said, like, you'd like to get involved in management. Would you like to get involved with meat at any level now, again, in the future? I think I would, yeah. I suppose, like, over the last couple of years, like I said, I was training club teams and with the work I'm doing with, with stiff work, it, it was it was just it was it was tough and difficult to, to try and manage everything. That's why I kind of stepped away, you know, last year, happened that last year this year. Um you know, enjoying the break. But I, you know, I'd like to get back into, you know, doing something um again. Obviously, you know, it it's it keeps you it keeps you alive and keeps you involved in the game and, 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 and you know, I still love the game and, and I want to be there, you know, so it, it's probably something we'll, I will uh, talk at. I might take up the under sixes in Clannagale this year with some young guys <laughs> played. But <laughs> the level probably I'm at now. <laughs> oh, man, says you, oh, man. <laughs> Come here, Graham. I've, I've, I've held you long enough by, that's the episode two of... Coral Tomas, and I, it's been an absolute pleasure. By I enjoy your crack. You have a great attitude to everything. You've had a great career, and uh, all these things are going up on Spotify, and uh, the podcast will be up there. And you can all look back on it. And Graham, Gramila Mahagatai, and we'll, we'll catch up soon somewhere else down the road. Okay. Thanks for listening to Coral Etamos. Don't forget to subscribe and follow for more interviews.